thing up. I, I got to load it all up, Joe. What's that noise? Something's ringing on your computer. Oh, shit. Hold on. Give me a second, <laughs> man. There we go. All right. Joe's with us. Oh, we're live. All right. Congratulations. Yeah, we're live. <laughs> Looks like we got everybody here today. All right, I'm opening up some stories. I don't see. Any, I don't know what you got, but I got some stuff. Well, we'll just riff on your stuff today. Yeah. All right. Well, I don't know if I have enough. So we'll see what happens. Have a nice, clean, uh, simple, short broadcast if we have to. But we can always dive into our tools, right? Do we ever have a shortage of shit to talk about? No. No. No, no. All right. What's the market doing after yesterday, Joe? Figured you would ask that right away. Um, I was looking <laughs> earlier and uh, I've been scrambling the last two hours. But um, it looked like, you know, obviously some sell off yesterday. Um, I saw I think I saw BTC at like 20,000. 20,261 right now. Still there. All right. Yeah. yeah. OK. If it, yeah. That's where it was earlier. Let me look at the markets themselves. Not too bad. I'm selling there. Yeah. I mean, obviously, there's some, but BNB's you know, up 3.3% again. Let me see what Nikkei looks like tonight. A little bit off, nothing major. Um, yeah, it looks like same old, same old. It looks like it absorbed everything. Yeah. So, um, what happens if the economy doesn't go in a recession? <laughs> Just permanent inflation? No, everything you look at has all the inflation tipping over. Just look at the two-year expectation on inflation. I think it's 2.9%, you know, next year in the 5% range. So, uh, again, I'm talking U.S. So, yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, others have a, a lot more to deal fun. with. For now, I mean, but look, it'll come out of it. Um, yeah. This is just a dynamic with uh, interest rate differentials and, you know, capital flight. Um, but look, if if the U.S. was raising interest rate and the stock market was tanking, um, I mean, like, you know, 2008 type stuff, uh, you know, that would have catastrophic consequences for everybody else, too. Sure. So it's, it's kind of like we're all taking our medicine at the same time. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the sequence I see is, you know, whatever happens in Europe this summer, I mean, excuse me, this winter related to um, energy and energy prices and the Ukraine-Russia conflict, you know, that, that's, that's a big driver there. Um, yep. That's near term. I think the U.S. issue is more in the second quarter in 23 as to what happens there. But, you know, the, all the forward-looking data shows inflation, you know, falling off, basically. Yeah. Um, so I'm not as worried about that. You know, so, I'm just worried about is the repricing of... I'm just worried about all the, the rate repricing. So what that does to uh, algorithms, you know, and how people value things. That's, that's my biggest concern. But I don't see a lot of issues there yet. So awesome. Fingers crossed. Phantom. Of course, I've been watching that, dude. Yeah. You know why? I mean, Spirit, Phantom, Geist, all cranking. Why? Well, do you know why Phantom's cranking? No, tell me. I'm curious. Because people are too stupid to learn from... <laughs> The, pat, the last time they got fucked over. Well, this is what I'm being told. 
the reason it's pumping is Andre Kranye updated his LinkedIn profile to vice president of memes at the Fountain Foundation. Mm. Or memes at the Fountain Foundation. Um, so everyone got excited. Everyone got excited that uh, Andre was back and pumped it uh, almost 19%. And yeah, I, you know, it's funny because, well, look, I saw all the movement in Geist and um, in Spirit Swap before that announcement. That That's what kind of got me looking over there the last two days because, you know, Geist has gone up like 300% in a matter of days. So I was trying to figure out what was going on there. And then I saw Phantom going with it, but I didn't know this had happened. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, you know. Uh, that whole chain is basing its, its uh, ex pump on uh, Andre, I guess. I don't know. Uh, Phantom also yesterday announced that they're going into beta now with their incentives program on Gitcoin. So uh, that's good news. My question was, yeah, look, TVL's up too. 3.46%. Uh, up to $560 million for Phantom on the chain. So... You know, oh, did we lose, we lost Joe again? No, no, I'm here. I just okay. electronics are going off for some reason everywhere. Um, you know, TV's turning on independently. I must be haunted. <laughs> Look at that TVL on spirits up eleven point seven nine percent. Liquid up eleven point seven two percent. You know, Geist, everything's Geist right there. One point nine six. One point nine six percent up TVL. Spooky's up 7.75%. Beefy's up 4.1%. Beethoven TVL's up 6.86%. Does it say 164% for the one-month change on Geist? Uh, it does. Okay, cool. That's why I couldn't yeah. quite see it. Yeah, um, yeah. 90.96 million in there. So it looks like there's capital rotation going into the Phantom chain, clearly. Which I'm happy to see. I think people are... Yeah. I think people look at it and they go, if Nier's worth two and a half billion, they got nothing going on. And Phantom's worth 500 million. And, you know, they've got stuff going on. I think it's just natural to go, oh, wait, we should rotate some capital in there. Um, yeah. And hopefully that's happening. But, you know. So my, my, my buddy Nick Drake like on said. Two and a half billion. Does it go up 5x? That's a dollar. No, no. Uh, Nick Dracon said, don't get fooled by these shenanigans. It's common knowledge by now that Andre did not go anywhere and has been part of the decisions made by the foundation all year. Getting bullish on this fluff in this environment is very dangerous. Be careful out there, folks. I totally agree. And I had heard last week uh, that he's still involved in the board uh, and making decisions on votes coming through. What you got going over there, dude? I'm like hearing like you're chopping carrots or something. Oh, there's some noise outside, you know, some uh, yard people. Okay. All right. I can't. Uh, Euphoric yeah, says mask to... is now up 300% on the week week and RSS three looks good too. Um, Sean said, if you are in, if you are in this shit coin pump, you are the exit liquidity, not financial advice, of course. And then Euphoric said, Joe is being trolled by the lawnmower, man. <laughs> exactly. It's like, give me a tip. When moon? No, no. Hablo Espanol. <laughs> Uh, no, I'm look, not <laughs> my um, 
so first I want to talk about Andre Kranje. Um, yeah. You know, um, and I, I did plenty of rants about him uh, when he exited everything, uh, took the money and ran. Uh, and I don't mean that from the perspective of a rug pull. He didn't do anything like that. He took his money and ran. But when he did, he fucked over the whole community because of the way he did it and because of the way he announced it. And um, I just, uh, he's brilliant. Don't get me wrong. I know he's brilliant technologist. I know he's fantastic from that perspective. But if you're basing your investments on that man's involvement with Phantom, you're going to get burned again. And, and that's, you know, I, I just, I don't, I, I don't have any faith in him to do the right thing because he's done the wrong thing multiple times. Again, I don't mean wrong, like fraudulent or, or criminal or anything like that. I just mean the way he treated the community, like a huge part of the reason Phantoms TVL is as low as it is, is that man. So. Well, look, you know, one man does not a protocol make, obviously. And, yeah. you know, look, they got stuff going on. I mean, look, everybody's everybody's exit liquidity right now. And when I say that Phantom's moving, that doesn't mean throw the house in and leave it there forever. You know, the people who get burned by people like Andre Kranje or whatever the fuck his name is, they're the ones that come in and buy it and hold it forever. You know, this is like the people that jumped into Olympus. You yep. got their asses handed to them and then blame one guy for dumping. Well, yep. know, that's the real world. People sell. So, you know, don't believe any of these people. I mean, I can. Well, and it's not even for him selling. It's the way he abandoned uh, the, the projects, the project, like all of his projects and told everyone he was just leaving and didn't let them know that there were people that were building these projects still. He's just, you know, it was it's just a, a dick just move. A flake, yeah. No, but, but look, these are. You know, I don't want to, I'm no doctor, in... I'm no doctor, but you know, look, yeah. we talk about who are the lead entrepreneurs in this space and you have to know what their personalities are. You know, their personalities are not nuanced, exactly. they're not subtle. They just yeah. make and break panic runs yep. all the time. So if you're going to accept the brilliance of it, then you got to like, kind of look over your shoulder a lot for this type of behavior with anybody. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. No, I, but, I totally agree. You know what I mean? I mean, we. Yeah. I remember you covered this a lot, but I can't remember. I know he was around Sushi for a while. And then which one of the big rebasing ones was he in? No, he, 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 well, he did some, no, he did some shit with Wonderland. He was That's doing right. the whole project with Wonderland and Mim and, and all of that shit. So that's anyway, right. I kind of wasn't sure if Sesta was on that too. I, I just get them all. Mixed yeah. Up, but, um, you know, look, bottom line is I just, it's insane that people are pumping because, you know, a fucking guy changes his title on LinkedIn to memes for the foundation. It's just <sighs> going to get burned again, people. Gonna look, you know, again. but look, you don't hold. Okay. So this, so Phantom, let's just take the example of Phantom that Brad's talking about. That was at 20 cents, I think, you know, a couple of days ago. And now it's at what, 23, 24, something like that. 26. I mean, 26. All right. So if you came in at 20, you know, I mean, hopefully, you know, whatever you put in, it was probably if you just jumped in, then you hopefully just did the 25% move at that point. Right? But if you didn't, then, you know, you pick an exit. You know, if yep. it gets to 40 cents, like you're going to sell 20% of the position, you know, do things like that. So you take the money off yep. and, 
solidly. That's Eamon's right. Solidly. Yeah, that's his. That was his project. That was the other one he bailed on. Oh, got so, it. Okay, but yeah, just yeah, yeah. if you play it smart, you know, we always talk about Ponzanomics. Okay, and you know, look, we know a lot of these aren't sustainable, but if you're in early, then and you sell, you can make money off of the momentum trend. All right. Yeah. So when we talk about things like this, this is what we're talking about. But we, you know. I really don't come in and hold anything for the long haul. <laughs> no, I mean, absolutely. I have no conviction like that. I just right. basically, when it moves, start selling parts of it to get my stuff off the table and look for something else. I'm sure yep. other people do better than me, but I don't ever get caught holding a big goose egg either. Yep. So I'm yep. smart. Just see what's going on. Where's the money going and try to get in front of it before it gets there. If it's already there, you know, don't chase. Uh, Euphoric wanted to clarify for you that he meant Lawnmower Man, the film that was setting off your electronics. I vaguely remember seeing that movie, um, but uh, that's what I have on screen right now is Lawnmower Man, the movie. I don't know if I've actually seen that. I don't think is I have it, either. Is it like a Jesus y thing? Is it? Is well, it, it looks like a Jesus y thing, but it says it's about computer science oh, wait, that's taking over. Simple Man has turned into a genius through the application of computer science. Yeah, that yeah. I don't Probably think we have that, that problem here. No, no. I mean, unless you want your uh, legendary Pascal hacker here, you know, from from the eighties. Just give me my uh, print cards, and I'm good to go. Yeah. <laughs> or what were those punch cards? Punch cards. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yesterday, uh, while um, promising that Solana would not have to be rebooted ever again after. Um, uh, after the um, end of this year, uh, a thousand Solana val validators went offline because Hetzner blocked access uh, to any blockchain projects. Hetzner, a hosting company that uh, we use that for um, some of our stuff at uh, Material Indicator. So we're actually in the middle of moving off of there as well. Hetzner has decided they are anti anything uh, crypto blockchain. And so they're blocking anything that happens. And they announced it. I don't know, a month ago, a month and a half ago. And 20 to 25% of Solana's validators didn't bother to move their uh, nodes somewhere else. So 1,000 validators went offline. Wait, so where are these guys located? Where is Hetzner? Europe, Germany, something. German. Yeah, yeah. I'm surprised yeah. they would take such a stance like uh, this. Like total stance, total like dick stance too. They're not even like... They just started shutting people down last when they announced it. So it's like the, the, they're, you know, total, total dicks. So what is this? Alameda? Oh, yeah. So there was a um, I had this tweet loaded up yesterday and I forgot uh, forgot to uh, load it up. But evidently, uh, like a huge chunk of Alameda's uh, entire fund of fourteen point seven billion dollars is uh, held in FTT, the sister company, uh, FTX mm -hmm. token. Uh, so um, a lot of people are saying that uh, from the analysis uh, that was done that, uh, you know, that Alameda could actually go under here. Uh, it doesn't, won't take much for them to shit the bed. How, how much of their 14 let million me see is in FTT? Let me find the. Uh, let me see if I can find the thread. Because yeah. uh, that's not good. 
<laughs> Sorry, man. That sounds like a little over concentration in that portfolio. Yeah. Dude. yeah. I Hold mean, that's on the one thing you don't want to do is end up with most they of this one. They have $14.6 billion, $14 billion of assets against $8 billion of liability. But of those assets, $3.66 billion are FTT, the token, and $2.16 billion is FTT as collateral. So essentially, that puts them at uh, $6 billion less. So... Um, Wait, so that drops so, into eight billion of assets to eight billion of liabilities. Um, 3.7, 3.37 billion is in Seoul, eight, 863 million is locked Seoul, and 134 million USD, two billion in equity securities. So essentially, of the, of the 14.6 billion in assets, they have uh, 11, 12 billion uh, locked into FTT or Seoul. Yeah. I mean, we don't know what FTT, I mean, I don't know what it is, but we don't know what FTT's balance sheet looks like either, do we? Well, FTT is FTX the exchange, right? So right. they're both owned by Sam. I mean, Alameda right. and FT, FTX are owned by Sam. Right. And it's like BNB. It's a token that, you know, is used for fees on the exchange. And, you know, I think they have a burn mechanism as well, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, and Sean says FTT is too illiquid if they need to cover their liability. There you go. That's what I'm getting at right there. Yeah. yeah. Because look, you can't sell that position. Right. You will destroy FTT. Yep. yep. And your stuff that's locked, we don't know what that the collateral stuff I'm presuming that means that they have it posted at, you know, somewhere where they're getting yield on it or borrowed against like an Ave type thing, a lending protocol. Yeah. Um, and so if whatever they borrowed and put that into um, is underwater too, you know, then you have some potential cascading problems there. Um, you know, what I said about FTT, nothing against Sam, your buddy, Sam, but it's that, uh, you know, no, that's Sam Bankman fried, not my buddy. Not my buddy. Not He's the guy anymore. that's also trying to fuck us with regulators. Yeah, I know. I was joking. Obviously, everybody, oh, oh, knows, okay, you've okay. everybody okay. knows you've been going after him for a couple of days. Gotcha. Um, but no, I mean, we don't know what, you know, he's going around buying shit like Voyager and doing all this other stuff. We don't really know what. Yeah, what he has. His, his portfolio, and it hasn't been stress tested either. So, yep. you know, what if he's sitting there with still shit on the books that hasn't been marked down and it's in something like Terra? I mean, right. I don't know. Not that, but I'm just picking one, you yeah. know, where there's no mark to market rules here. So we don't know what the value is of the underlying uh, holdings. Um, at least I don't. I mean, what maybe, he's saying, what Leclerc is saying is, is that you couldn't sell a million of this without um, tanking the whole price, tanking the price. Yeah. Yeah. So they're fucked. So what this means now is anybody now. Yeah. You'll see like the other, you know, the private equity and venture funds. Yeah, going after it. Of, they're going to go after this now because they yeah. have real world assets back. Kick them out. Cash. Yeah, yeah. So you go in and you dump a million FTT on the market right away if you're the acquiring company and tank the token price and then swoop in with the big buy yep. offer. You know, I mean, well, that's what's going to happen next. Here's the other thing it does. Like, like look at this. When he's trying to buy Voyager, um, Alameda owes Voyager $376 million. But here's the other thing it does. Any they can't go into any of these bankruptcy courts now and say, "Hey, we want to buy this," right? Uh, I mean, maybe they can buy it with flat out cash, but um, 
you know, it, it, it kills your credibility in these deals in these negotiations for the acquisition of the distressed. Yeah. Asset, Cause or? he's been talking about going in to buy up uh, these distressed properties. Right. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if it looks like you're in distress and could go under any minute who, you know, you, the, the bankruptcy courts may not be excited about you buying up. No, I, don't know. I think you're probably right. I think, you know, look, the, the play here is someone coming from TradFi or Fiat with a big bankroll, you know, that wants to make a splash in crypto. This is, you know, you pull in some of these activist investor guys, you know, this is like a KKR type play where, you know, you come in with, okay, we got 10 billion in cash. Who wants to play? Oh yeah, that token, yeah. that's worth like 5% of what you're marking it at. We'll give you two cents. Right. You know, I mean, that's the way you play this game now. And then all of a sudden, somebody like a Blackstone, BlackRock, KKR, and the pick another private equity fund is, you know, sitting at the top of the of the heap. Yep. And, you know, you want to talk about manipulating value. And I don't mean that in a negative way, a criminal way. I mean, just in a, you know, co-branding way. I mean, that's the way you do it. Yep. Um, I think you're right. I don't think FTX can pull this stuff off anymore. I think they're too... Too yeah. leveraged at this point. Yeah, Sean says yeah. Uh, they have about 170 million in cash, and he says uh, this is Alameda and FTX is a different entity. Yeah, right. they're sister companies, um, but obviously highly interlinked and dependent uh, to some extent. Um, what was it? What did I just see a second ago? Reported assets: 5.82 billion of FTT, and FTT's current market cap is 3.35 billion. Yeah. So, getting your cash out not very realistic at the moment yeah i mean this is the problem when liquidity get in any i mean this was sort of the if everybody remembers from the ways back the long-term capital credit play in the u.s when it was a one of the first hedge fund type plays and it got to where it was owning like 95 percent of the positions on both sides of the order book yeah and going under and you can't it's impossible to get out of that situation unless yeah. something material event occurs that changes all the dynamics. So you, you know, you get kind of maneuvered into a corner where all of a sudden everything is a huge long bet um, instead of like kind of the, you could trade in and out. And now when you have no exit liquidity, it's sort of like when, when real estate in the 2008, yeah. you know, condos were 550 grand one week and the next week they were 150 grand because there were no buyers. So, you know, if there's no buyers, the, I mean, you know what happens to price, it just plummets. Yep. So I would keep an eye on these guys, FTX, FTT, all of them uh, that are purely just in a crypto cycle of assets because you yep. need something sort of stabilizing these funds. 99% of FTT is held by the top 1% of ad addresses of which the largest holder is a hedge fund, Alameda Research, whose VC arm recently merged with FTX. So they're like so intertwined. It's... Uh... Can you short FTX anywhere? Uh, I mean, I probably, probably. You mean FTT? Probably FTT, on FTX. Sorry. I don't know. Niblet says, how often do investors go back into a project that was high then fell versus just looking for new projects? I think yeah. it's on the mandate of the fund. Um, you know, there are like the turnaround guys, the um, right. ones that can kind of come in and, you know, squeeze all the last juice out of something and, you know, throw a bunch of new models up and sell, sell, sell and get the money back. Um, there's those guys that look for a value buy. I mean, it just depends. I mean, that that's like, you know, Buffett's whole strategy, but not the ones in the shitter. 
You know, he yeah. likes the stuff that's just a little bit undervalued and then you hold it for the long. It has some other intangibles. So I would say it's pretty mixed. I myself like the early stage stuff because, of course, there's a lot of failures in that space. But it's where you really get to meet the entrepreneurs that have new ideas and new concepts and new models and help them get to the next point versus, you know, a kind of harvest play on a, you know, legacy old tech sort of bottom feeding opportunity. Um, that's just not my style. But, you know, there's a lot out there. $10 yeah, you know, I, I would say, I, I, I look, I, I still think there's a tremendous, tremendous roll up opportunity in this space. And so, yeah. um, and I also think like, so for, here's an example, one that crashed and burned and of late, and, and I'm diving more into some research that I pulled up uh, a few days ago, just haven't had time to do it. I think I say this every show. Iron finance. Um, uh, Ohm, uh, oh. Olympus Dow, um, has actually, um, been making a lot of very responsible adult-like moves. Uh, and I, I, I'm i not going to try to climb into it right now because I don't know enough about it yet. But um, somebody I spoke to the other day was very excited uh, about what's going on with Ohm. And then I, I read a tweet thread um, about um, how they're still maintaining their liquidity, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, um, I think that's actually an example of a project with enough big brains and a dedicated enough core community <clears throat> that um, merits a second examination, you know, um, one that, you know, they're not paying out. I think that, I think the APY now is like four to 6% somewhere in there. Um, you know, the whole model has shifted for them. So I think there's some opportunities there. I also know that um, Olympus does a shit ton of uh, work um, with Frax and that they partner up a lot in the same projects. So uh, my answer to Niblets is I, I think there are opportunities for some of these projects to recover. Now, it's a lot, it's a lot you know, harder to come back from it. But my look is, is, is there a core concept that makes sense? Is there a core team that stayed around? Are they really smart? Um, are they determined to innovate? Are they determined to build and grow? And is there a core community still supporting, still holding, still building, uh, still evangelizing the project. If those things are all there, you know, I give them a look. I, I'm not saying you should, but uh, I definitely give them a look. So um, that's one I would look at. Look, you know, I mean, there's a lot of people that are giving up on Phantom. I still think there's a ton of promise with the folks that are in that space. So, um, you know, we'll see. Euphoric, I'm in profit biome. It's the only rebase token that made me any. Nice. That's awesome, dude. Yeah, I think that, you know, look, we've talked a lot about, I, mean, I think you introduced me to Ohm, but you've talked a lot about, you know, we talked a lot about, you know, what they do after the raise. And so yep. to me, you look at Ohm, look at the other ones. Um, who else is left from that mess? I Klima's one, you know, um, you look at what they're going to do next. I mean, I think the whole thing about Ohm that was interesting was that if they could execute post-raise with that war chest, to do really interesting things. And I haven't been keeping up with them, so I don't know what they've done or what their plan is. But the fact that they're still around and not throwing in the towel and quitting like half these people, to me, yep. is, a, is a good sign. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What is it at right now? Like 10 bucks, 8 bucks, 20 bucks? No, 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 no. Where's my drops tab? Uh, let's go right here. Whoops. Let's see. There's Ohm, $9.83. Okay. 
Yeah. So I would be really, I would really look at what their execution plan is Yeah. Um, because I'm not in it at all. So if you're going in new, I would look at that. If you have a position that's underwater, you know, and you believe in that execution plan, then I might DCA a little bit at this point. Yeah, I would. I, I mean, I personally would, but I wouldn't yeah. advise anybody else to do it. And yeah, these are just the options. You got to decide. Yeah. yeah. You, you, your option at this point, if you bought it, was that one up at like 8,000 or was this, or was that just time? Where was Ohm at the top? Was it a thousand or was it 8,000? Wherever it was. Okay. You're down. Um, so, you know, if you didn't liquidate, you kept holding, you're still there. You know, you're not going to sell now. <laughs> it's yeah. like, what's the point? You yeah. already lost it all. So, yeah. you know, your options at this point would be dump it or add to the position. 1600. Okay. So that wasn't as bad as say time. So, you know, look at this one. I mean, if I'm in and I already have a chunk, you know, I am looking to DCA if I'm confident what they're going to do. Yeah. Um, but, you know, look at that flat line there. I mean, yeah. on your chart, that's not, that's not reassuring. Well, um, that's all time. I mean, you, this yeah. is zoom in. This is one month. What's the volume? Do, do we have? Uh, 1.03 1 million. That's okay. Market cap, 283 million. Oh, I mean, there's all-time high. Duh. Yeah, everybody's got to, um, you know, make their own decisions. Personally, if I'm not in it, I'm not getting in it at this point because there's I just don't know enough about them. Well, um, and like what Sean says, you know, um, market still has lots of leverage in it. If we go pop, we can still go a long, long way. Stay safe. And, and I agree with him. Yeah. You know, there's a shit ton of leverage that's going to cascade again because people are fucking idiots. Um, and and. Well, everybody's trying to figure out the bottom and make a big move at that point. Well, you can't figure it out. Okay. But so do it without fucking make, leverage. I yeah. know you want to get, I know you want to get filthy rich, but you also can get filthy fucking poor. Right. <laughs> and, 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 you know, continually betting and losing on leverage is fucking stupid. Sorry. Well, look, no, no, you're right. I mean, I, I was actually thinking about, you know, experimenting in some of that too, but you know, where leverage works best and, and this perps and all that is when you already have a stack. Yeah. Right. Yeah. When you it. don't care about losing it, you know, and it's play short, money, you, you go fucking do it. it. Yeah. Long yeah. Have fun. All the fucking time, man. You don't ever lose. But don't um, make, but don't make bets that are going to fucking take down the whole market either. Right. If you're one of those big players, right. you know, you have a responsibility at some point to realize, Oh fuck. If I get liquidated, this entire project's done. Right. Yeah. Sean says, wait for the bottom, buy on the way up. You will still print a Lambo or two. And Sean is setting up a Twitter profile where he's going to announce the bottom for everybody. Nice. Yeah. We're all going to get an alert. We're all going to buy in and forever and the, be uh, grateful to Sean for saving our lives and make us generationally wealthy. Yeah. But look, if you don't. I'm joking. Sean no, is no. not giving financial advice. He would never pick the exact bottom. That's yeah. No. Anybody that knows Brad knows he's teasing there. Yeah. Um, but but look, when I, I don't know, if you follow basic kind of the strategies that I talk a lot about, you know, where you, you know, let's say you're, you're sitting here and you got 10 grand and you're trying to figure out the Bitcoin bottom because you want to place it in Bitcoin. Well, the first thing you do is break it into four chunks. Okay. 2,500 each in my mind. That's what I do. 
And then if I'm like, hmm, this is pretty close to the bottom, this might be within 10% of the bottom. If you think that, plop in a quarter of that, pop in the 2,500. And then wait and see what happens. If it goes down to like from where it is now to like 17 and a half, I would pull another 25% in. And, you know, you got two more slugs in in case it does a 13 or whatever. Right. You know, and then if it starts going up, it's at 22, 21. You know, I don't unless you see a lot of other stuff. I don't know if I chase it. I might still wait. But, you know, if you can live off of, you know, that 10 turning into six for a little while or something like that, um, then maybe you do do buy in some more on the way up. But (laughs) Sean said, ha ha, simple. J-Pal will tell you when. Jay uh, in the house. Shizzy says, "Make me rich, Sean. Make me rich." And then well, Shizzy's my- always cleaning up out there, man. I see him just <laughs> killing it on Twitter. Yeah, and this is my comment of the day. Brad's dry humor is practically Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> eh? <laughs> I fucking love it. I've never been called Canadian before, but I can I I proudly uh, accept that. Thank you. Well, you That's know, awesome. you usually pull out your. Canada hat when you're being a total unruly American yeah. in Europe and getting ready to yeah. get arrested. You throw in yeah. Canada hat. Hey, Joe. Yo. If you can't beat them, buy them. CZ making the move. He's talking about buying banks. Fucking, what have we said all along? Yeah. We said either the centralized exchanges will be bought by banks because that's where the money's going to flow or they're going to buy banks. It, imagine he buys a bank in every major, you know, economic center of the world. Uh, yeah, you, you know. still got to get approved, though. Of so, course, you got to get approved, but you know, you go into like. I like the move. The, I'm not yeah, faulting it. Yeah. I like the move. You want one in the federal system that's small and local to some little community, snatch it up, buy it up, and 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 run. I mean, it's not like he doesn't have the money to back the bank. It's all going to be about solvency, right? Does he have the cash to do it? And and then guess what? Then your bank is your crypto exchange. Right. Um, and I'm sure Binance US will be the US arm doing it, but uh, it's just smart to me. Um, it, it, and, and it's a way to turn, um, you know, potentially turn regulators into, into partners. Because if they see banking regulatory frameworks being integrated with the centralized exchanges, again, you know, we want this to be DeFi based, but you know, CZ has DeFi connected to not truly decentralized. Let me make sure before Sean, Sean has coronary in the pub. Um, We're saying uh, Yeah. <laughs> what motherfucker? You're telling CZ and his centralization and bitching at me? <laughs> um, he's got a gateway to DeFi. Oh, fuck. I got to find that. I wanted to post this up. I completely forgot about it. Um, the friggin' wallets and and numbers for B and B right now are really fucking good compared to everybody else. I, I got to find that. I'll bring it up tomorrow. Um, I found some awesome, awesome numbers on current uh, current wallet growth and daily transaction growth and everything else for Binance. But anyway, you know, look if you got the bank and you got the centralized exchange and you got the DeFi protocol, I, I mean chain. If you got a chain. You you get the whole goddamn thing. You got the finance system for the most part, right? And then you just grow it from there, and you leverage the bank that you bought to buy the next bank. Uh, to me, it's just a really smart strategy, and I think the timing is perfect for it. So, 
Yeah, I mean, I like it. I like the move, but, you know, buying a bank, I mean, you got full criminal background checks. You got full finance checks. You got to disclose everything. U.S. Bank. Okay, I'm talking sure. about Sure, sure. All Europe's the same way. So he's going to have to jump through. <clears throat> I would hope he would hire someone. You know, again, crypto guys are going to hate me for this, but if he's going to do this. You hire like Goldman Sachs to work it for you. Oh, he's already got those guys. He's got those guys. He's got the ex-FBI guys, the ex-SEC guys. He's been hiring all those dudes. Yeah, but it's not like blatantly. I mean, that doesn't get you in automatically. Of course you know, not. What I'm, but what I'm saying is that he's going to have a, it's not going to be as easy as maybe people would think. Um, I think it's a three-year process at least. Yeah, it's um, it's a three-year process in the U.S., but, you know, he can start buying up. But any other bank anywhere in the Virgin the Islands, bank. the Caymans, Europe, you know. There's no banks down there that can do that shit. Those are all Western banks. You know, it's you like and they still, there's no, oh, no native banks. No, I mean, that you're walking in with cash and crypto. No, you can't do it. No, no. What I'm saying is, are there are there like native Cayman Island banks? Are you saying they're oh, all no, there are Cayman of, banks. But look, oh. they will not let the API hook up to a uh, main money center banking system without, you know, the know your customer AML pieces. In sure. Place. They can't just sure. strap in. So yeah, the yeah, thing yeah. is, he's going to have just having the cash is nothing. He has to pass all the, the of checks. Of course, of course. So and that that'll be true in any be, country. Right. But the point is that he's not going to come in and remember, what, what's what's uh, Binance's market cap? Uh, for the token? No, I mean, let's just say it's 50 billion. I mean, what's Blackstone's assets under management? Oh, I have no idea. $10 trillion. Binance sure. is a drop in the friggin' bucket. <clears throat> and I like the move, but it's not like he's going to come in and save the day. It's not like he's going to get it done any faster. I think the smarter play is, you know, all these other fintech type companies that are already strapped in, you know, that have a, all these kind of like more gray area licenses. That's what I would go for. He's doing both. He's buying up the virtual banks and the virtual and the fintech companies. He's already he's already done a couple of those. I think we talked about him a couple of weeks ago. And now he's saying banks. I mean, he's he's playing with a billion dollars a year in acquisitions. So he's like, OK, you know, that's not going to get you a bank. But yeah, OK, I get your well, point. No, I they like can get it. you a small bank. You can get a small bank. Not in that. the U.S. You'll never get one for that. It won't happen. I was really? on the other side of people buying U.S. banks about 12 years ago. And you just don't know how hard it is to do that. Um, finance like the rest have a gray history. There you go. Put up Sean's comment. What? What? Boom. What? What did he say? Not the first change with Binance, like the rest, have a gray at best history. Difficult thing to get an EU or US bank. Yeah, look, I think it's difficult. I, I think you got to go through the motions and do it. Uh, but I think it's a smart strategy. Uh, I, and I agree with you, Joe, that going after the virtual banks uh, acquisitions is good too. Um, so, you know, I'm good with either of those, but I think it makes sense to own pieces of the finance system. And I think it makes sense to try to buy the banks. Uh, Shizzy says it's going to be a regulatory nightmare for Binance. The powers that be will fight this until the death, because yeah. if not, it will be the death of most banks if they don't. I, again, I agree with that as well. Um, but you know, I, I, um, I still think it's a smart thing to do. It's a smart thing to try. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, da, 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 do I have anything else? 
Oh, that's another article on the bank buying. Had Look, snow, you know, we talked about Phantom. I'm out. I'm done. When um <laughs> Look, when obviously making all the noise about buying banks back to CZ is a float the balloon move, okay? He's Maybe. trying to see No, it's absolutely what this is. He wants to see who's going to come back hard on him because first of all, any bank goes in play and Binance is showing up trying to buy it, somebody else is going to outbid them and buy it. Yeah, you know, that's just possible. Yeah. So, I mean, because he has, a, as Sean's politely put it, a gray background. Yeah. Okay? And, you know, and then all the China connections and stuff like that, too. I mean, that's just going to put the regulators in berserk mode. So I like <clears throat> it because I think we need we want to see a fusion into traditional finance of crypto. I don't know who it is who's going to win that. I don't really care. I just want somebody to win it so that yeah. we have mainstream adoption. So all of this stuff. So I'm not like pissing on CZ's vision or his dream. I'm just trying to give a little bit of a reality check to what it takes to do it. But I like the move as well. So don't get me wrong on that. That's uh, all good, man. It's all good. You know, I'm going to I'm calling up my pal CZ shortly and let him know what a dick you're being to him. Yeah, well, you know, tell him I also know all the advisors. <laughs> that could help him. He's got a lot of money floating around. I just take 10 BTC for the hookup fee. That's it. Yeah. No. Listen, um, I have a solution to all of uh, Twitter's revenue problems, but nobody's listening to me yet. Let's hear it. The reason Twitter is so abysmal revenue-wise, I tweeted this yesterday. Let me find that tweet. Uh, the reason they're so abysmal revenue-wise is um, because their ad platform is the biggest piece of shit UI UX of any ad platform I've dealt with online in 20 years. It is absolute garbage. The average small business person can't use it to target their customers. There's all this incredibly powerful targeting data available to you in the back end of Twitter. And I know people who are experienced ad buyers who just say, fuck it, I'm not booking on Twitter because it's a pain in the ass. Down to like, even the promote a tweet thing, right? They have this whole, you tweet something and at the mm -hmm. bottom it says promote this tweet. You go to click that tweet to promote it. All you can do is target men or women in a specific country. I don't even think you could target that much. It is absolutely stupid. Every part of the interface is bad. Every part of the user experience is bad. Understanding and trying to figure out how you target people. The back end is a total nightmare. The front end that they're trying to make simple isn't enough. I, I'm telling you, they could dramatically improve their revenue if they just fixed their fucking UI and UX for booking an ad. Because here's the cool thing, too, is they could become a really strong ad content marketing platform. Because, I mean, the beauty of it is, is everybody now is creating their own podcasts and their own YouTube channels, right? And they're creating useful content. So instead of people advertising with ads, normal ads, or those shitty ass ads we get now in the interface that are clickbait for, you know, websites with 4 million shitty ads on them and malware, people could be posting content and boosting that on Twitter. And if they just made it easy enough for a small business person to do it like Facebook does, like YouTube does, like Google AdWords is, they would make a shit ton of money, a, sh a shit ton of money. But it's just garbage. I, I challenge anyone to go in and try to set up for your business targeted high-performance ads 
in the Twitter backend interface because it's it's a joke. So well, anyway. can I ask a question? When I'm sure you know this, you've been in this Twitter thing for ten plus years. I'm pretty much a noob, but um, I kind of got the feeling that people don't like the promoted ads, the promoted tweets. They they don't. But that's my whole point. They still mm -hmm. respond to them. They still okay. click them. Right. If you target the right person, it's like that ad I got the other day for like, this is how bad. targeting is. Yeah, that's it. No, the ad I got the other day for, for, are you thinking about your fall fucking wardrobe? Well, guess what? On the back end of Twitter, I can, I can, if I can figure out their UI, cause I've climbed into it a dozen times, I can actually find out that, Oh fuck, Brad will never shop for his wardrobe because I can look up his credit card data and aggregate and I can look up his where he lives and what he buys and what he shops for and I can marry it to it but instead of targeting me correctly they wasted an ad impression on me right had the system on the back end of Twitter been better they could have said you know what I want to target everyone that follows this guy that advises people on their men on their fashion choices right that's the people they should be targeting with the ad to give me an ad about go shopping, you know, I know you're thinking about your fall wardrobe. I'm not that guy. Never going to be that guy. Why are you wasting your ad impressions on me? But it, it's just a matter of, of well, their interface sucks. Also, just, we don't have fall wardrobes down here. Well, that's, a, yeah, the, the other thing. How about, the fact, how about yeah. the fact that I'm in fucking Miami? That was the yeah. other thing that I tweeted about. I'm in Miami. What we don't fuck? wear tweed in November. Yeah, you know? I don't think about it. I it's not on my right on my mind. Yeah, this is the tweet I did. You know, it's just this horrendous, bad, bad, bad interface. Just bad. Well, you know, it seems to me, I, I I've been hearing about a lot of changes going on at Twitter, like everybody else, of course, trying to get new revenue lines. You know, the blue check fee or whatever 20 bucks a month yeah, eight, and no, eight bucks a month now a couple other things you know i mean i don't know what the blue check thing is is it supposed to be a better account because it's actually no it's person? supposed to be verified see this is where he's fucking up because the blue check mark is meant for keeping people who are verified as famous verified so that people don't get scammed by people that duplicate their profile right i've run right? into that a lot yeah that's the whole point of it and 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 See, look, I'm not even getting the promote this tweet fucking button. Anymore. I see a button right there. I see a black button right there. Above oh, reply. You're right. Oh, they changed it. Right. So here we go. Let's see if they've improved it. Maybe Elon's made it better. So you can choose to increase your engagement or grow your followers. So let's say I want to grow my followers. I can target location. Whoops. And I can target age range and I can target gender. Seriously. Okay, uh, gender, age range, location. Oh, and I can give them the budget and how long I want it to run. And that's it. It doesn't say, do you want to target people that fo follow Brad Nickel? Do you want to target people that, uh, I mean, the power of Twitter is, you know who your target audience is. Like if I'm booking an ad for DeFi lunch, who am I, who am I targeting? I want to target people that follow, you know, uh, Nick Dracone or... A uh, bankless podcast or, you know, any other podcast or YouTube channel. Do they give me the option to do that? No, no. All I get to pick is man, woman, age, and what country they're fucking in. You it's know what just, else I find funny though, Brad, <clears throat> is it says, how much do you want to spend? 
Oh, I want to spend $500 million. Okay. Here's your ad. One ad. Yeah. I want to well, spend $5. I, here's your one ad. You know, it's yeah. like, how do you know? I mean, that's like saying, what does it I mean, get? It what am I getting be, for my $500? Yeah, exactly. What am tell I getting? Tell me what I get and how yeah. much that costs. Don't so tell for me 500 how much bucks over five days, they tell me I'll reach 830 men in the United States with nothing else, right? Uh, between whatever ages. So, so is okay. that 30 impressions or engagement? Reach, they don't tell you. Okay. It's just this, and this is the simple interface. This is the one that's supposed to get every small business to use it. Now go look at fucking Facebook's ad booking. Oh, who do you want to target? Where do they live? What kind of jobs do they do? Do you want to target people that follow these kinds of people? Do you want to target people that have liked this? Do you want to target people that shop for high fashion mm -hmm. at Saks Avenue? I mean, but they guide you through it, right? Twitter just blows it. Now, what's going to happen to the businessman that spends his 500 bucks and nothing fucking happens? Never going to do it again. Twitter sucks. Their ads suck. Yeah. Now, go climb into the back end of Twitter's ad system. It is a nightmare. And I have used ad systems for two decades. It is a total nightmare to figure out. It's just the absolute worst. <laughs> In Miami, you can wear your white leather shoes after Labor Day. <laughs> Uh, uh, and fashion is shit since Miami Vice. There you go. That's what I. That's all I wear. Uh, a pink sport coat and a white are t-shirt. You, are you Tubbs or Crockett? Uh, both. I'm both. both. <laughs> no, I mean I've looked at this, but you know, honestly, I can go into any chat where people are brawling, whether it's you know economics or it's Russia, Ukraine, or Iran or China and something. And just log into it, go into a chat and comment, you know, with some, not like you guys are a bunch of dicks, but just something like, you know, a historical thing. And yeah. you get like 14,000 impressions yeah. just for doing that. Um, you know, maybe you get five or six engagements, but, but, you know, those are very low engagement posts, but you get tons of impressions. So yeah. I don't really get why. I mean, I don't really understand. It seems hit or miss because I don't feel like anybody's, Post is waiting for me to open my device and look, and it's just sitting there. Hey, Brad, wait, except for Brad, because I do get a notification of his. But I don't get the, I, I think it's hit or miss still where the feed is and where you are and when you're scrolling. I don't see him queuing up for me. Yep. Well, so look, here's like the thing I know how to book an ad that targets decently in Twitter, but the amount of work that it takes to do it, it's mm -hmm. so it's, and, and it's like, look, I should probably be booking, you know, 50, hundred bucks a week for our shows, but yeah. it's a pain in the ass to do it. And, 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 and they make it a pain in the ass to do it. So have I done that? No, no, no. And, and it should nobody, be the easiest thing to do. Nobody on that team has thought about the average small business user who could represent billions of dollars like they do for Facebook. Like that's the revenue, right? <laughs> and especially for content, because every business now is getting into content. Everybody uses Twitter for their news, Twitter for their search engine, Twitter for everything. I guarantee you it's their revenue could skyrocket if they just got shit together on their UX. So anyway, end of well, non DeFi rant, but no, no, but he's got his challenges. I mean, you know, everybody's pretty much saying Twitter's worth 10 to $12 billion. He overpaid right. by 400%. So now he's got to turn around and get some revenue going and, you know, not have it descend into, 
you know, uh, where everybody leaves, basically. But here's my thing. With the people that are in it and the way as much content is in it and as addictive as it is, I think it's easily worth $250 billion, right? It's just a matter of leveraging it. And it's leveraging it for ads. It's leveraging it for subscriptions. I mean, there's this, there's just a t- shit ton of opportunities here. And I actually, I, I mean, I'd love to own Twitter, right? I mean, obviously I can't, but I would love to own Twitter because I think the opportunity is gigantic, just fucking gigantic. Think about how much news breaks out of Twitter. Think about how much engagement Twitter gets, how passionate people are about what people say on Twitter. Think about how pissed off people are when somebody gets banned or, or, or suspended from Twitter. It is, it is becoming the place where everybody goes. And so from my perspective, it has the potential to surpass all of the networks. It's just a matter of fostering it. But also, I don't, the one thing I don't see in Twitter is that I don't see the under 30s. You know, they're on oh, the they're other hair. platforms, but nah, they're, they're, more on, they're more on TikTok. They're more on Snap. They're more TikTok, on all the other platforms. Dude. TikTok and Snap dominate for that age group. But yeah. my son and his friends are on Twitter every day. They're just not as engaged because they engage there's the not dedicated video content. The one thing I heard Elon say the other day that would be smart is they're going to bring back Vine which Vine was ahead of its time. It was TikTok, and they blew it. Totally, totally blew it um, because they killed it, um, and they shouldn't have because it was the future, and they could have been ahead of everybody. They totally blew it. But if he brings back Vine, that'll be really smart. That'll drive a lot more engagement. Niblet says Zuckerberg should have offered $50 billion and connected its ad platform to Twitter. Yeah, would have blown up, as well as their algorithm. But, you know... <clears throat> that would have been that might have been a hard one to get approved too, though. <clears throat> you know, with all the antitrust stuff. Um, that's true. That's true. That might have been a hard one to do too. That's um, true. But look, you know, I want to see him turn it around. I want to see it because I see all the potential here. Yeah. Um, it, what I like is the sort of, I mean, the kind of the closed loops that you can do. Like, you know, I got some stuff coming in on, you know, ac- macro data. I got other stuff coming in on, say, airdrops. I got other stuff coming in on, say, particular tokens. So, you know, you can kind of get these custom feeds on just the stuff you want to see. And I'll be honest, too, dude, when I want to see anything on, like, say, Ukraine, I actually just go into Twitter now and just type in, like, Curson or something. It becomes your search engine. Yeah. Yeah. There is all that content there that, you know, you just don't see because it's not going to everyone. But when you get into those information loops, then you find everything you could possibly want. Well, that's why I use lists, man. I mean, yeah. you know, I, I you told me use, about that. That's right. Yeah, I use the fuck out of lists. I mean, look, I have private lists and I have public lists. I have VIPs. I have venture capitalists. I have bots. I have um, big DeFi products. I have early stage investors. I have things that we covered in DeFi launch. I have people that promote strategies, DeFi tools. Um, I have specific. I mean, there's, you know, this is. There's a lot of power in in Twitter, a, a lot of power can, and a lot of potential. Because you can aggregate or, or, I'm sorry, compartment your feeds. That's yeah. what I think is cool. You don't have to come in and look at everything. All I time. never look at my homepage. I never look at the homepage of Twitter. Never. Don't look at it. I only use notifications. Yeah. I follow a select group of people. I turn on notifications for somebody if I follow them right when I follow them. And I watch. And if... 
after a few days, I don't see anything of quality. I look at their profile to decide whether I want to follow and notify. But if if they're not hitting it, they get the notifications turned off or they get unfollowed. But lists and notifications are the most efficient way for me of using Twitter. It's it's I don't even look at the homepage. The algorithm doesn't even know I exist most of the time. So yeah, no, I'm very rarely there. That's true. Because I go through like New York Times and Washington Post, and then I look at like the Google News aggregator real quick just to make sure I'm not missing anything. But, yeah. you know, when you want to find something more obscure, um, let's just say like I've been, you know, following the, you know, Gen Z Iranian revolution a lot lately and what's going on there. And, you know, you just don't see it hardly at all in any of our feeds, you know, but they are tens, if not hundreds of thousands of people marching in the street every night. And they've already killed like 37 kids, you know, but you know, nobody's hearing about it. Nobody's covering it. And so, you know, you get a little bit whenever, you know, there's a dust up on oil price or something Then maybe you'll see a little bit, but to me, that's probably the most profound thing going on right now in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And a lot of people don't use, um, uh, don't use search enough on Twitter. I mean, there's a ton of potential there between search notifications of the turn on notifications of the people you follow that you want to hear from. And then, um, lists you're, uh, that's, that's the ideal for me. That's the ideal Twitter experience. Well, the cool part is again, news is that a lot of the feeds that the posts are coming from the same outlets that you would read somewhere else. Exactly. So like New York exactly. Times post stuff, you know, foreign policy yep. post stuff, CSIS. Yep. I've, Look at yep. their stuff a lot. They post, and then you get all the reg, the gorilla dudes out there. I mean, re- gorilla reporter types, the ones that are embedded, say, with you know, uh, the protesters in Iran, or embedded with Ukrainian forces. So you get all of this real time feeds coming from them in the field, and then you look at that to see hey, is that real or not. And yep. then you pick the people that that look real, and then you yep. know you watch them, and then you you compare those source that source content to other content you see in other things to determine what's actually accurate. Yep. It's much better than just being passive and having, you know, let's see what's there. Um, Absolutely. When you search, you find all the shit usually first, if you go over and just do a, you know, uh, a browser search, let's say. Yeah. Um, and I like that. That's what I find yeah. very entertaining, but it's, you know, you got to, got to be careful not to get you know keyed up on shit not you i'm saying yeah and don't forget don't forget uh, saved searches um you can do a search and save it so it becomes like a list i would prefer they merge the ability to have lists and searches and and uh, hashtags all together in lists like i want to i want to be able to put in lists people like so here's my crypto legal list right it's a bunch of attorneys that i like and follow in the crypto space and every time something regulatory or legal comes up first place I go is here because I know right. they're all going to be commenting. But what I also want in here is to be able to tag, you know, hashtag crypto regulations, hashtag names of bills, you know, whatever. And I want to be able to save searches over here. So I, what I love is for all three of those things to feed into one and then me be able to filter them within the list. I don't know if that's where lists are headed, if it ever will, but right now lists are just tweets from people that you put into the list. So anyway, all right. Um, yeah, so good job, Joe Niblets, Sean, Chizzy, Euphoric, Amen. Thank you. 
Thank you for participating. Thank you for being here. We love you guys. We appreciate you being here every day. If you're listening to us on the podcast, uh, please take a minute in Apple Podcasts or Spotify and rate and review us and follow slash subscribe. Tell friends about us. Uh, they're really missing out, I think. Uh, if you're on YouTube, uh, click that uh, smash the thumbs up. I think Shizzy is the proper terminology. Uh, smash the thumbs up. Click the subscribe button and click the little bell so you get notified. And we would love your comments on any of our videos. Um, if you'd like to join in and get engaged in the community of uh, big brain folks that are smarter than me and Joe, uh, join us at r slash mission DeFi. That's our Reddit where everyone is chit-chatting about uh, projects, et cetera. That's all I got, Joe. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> great day. Great session. Um, looks like the U.S. equities are recovering. I think NYSE is a tad bit up, but, you know, they're all off minor amounts. Europe looks like it's coming back a little bit. Nikkei futures are up. BTC is still above 20. ETH is still about 1550. So I think we're looking okay. Um, cool. So I feel good. We'll see what happens by tomorrow. We'll see how Asia does tonight. But I think we withstood another 75 bips hike without much blood in the water. But anyway, yeah. everybody have a great day. I look forward to seeing everyone tomorrow and be 